going on, Dodgers Nation? Welcome to the Dodgers Nation post-game show. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. Thank you for joining us. After the Dodgers lose another one, they finish the road trip two and four. They lose two out of three to the Phillies. They fall to Philly seven to three. Their record's now 37-29. and 29. They're three games back of that pesky Diamondbacks team that continues to win, that continues to play scrappy. I was watching both games at the same time. They end up coming back on the Tigers, scoring four runs there in the ninth. And I've got news for you. That Diamondbacks team, they're not going away anytime soon. They might win the division this year, and they're going to be contenders in this division for the foreseeable future. And it was more of the same from this Dodgers bullpen. Of course, it was a bullpen game, and we have some thoughts on that because it could have been Tony Gon- but Dave Roberts said that the recovery hasn't been going great for the Catman, so they decided to give him an extra day of rest. They go with the bullpen game, especially after yesterday where Andre Jackson was able to step up and get that three-inning save. So it looked like it was a perfect opportunity for this to be a bullpen game, but unfortunately, they still didn't get the job done. Now, Caleb Ferguson, you had some soft contact, some bad luck. You had Victor Gonzalez, who performed well. Adam Kalerik, he performed well. Nick Robertson, he had a very rough go of it. We're going to talk about that and also to this offense to be fair they didn't carry their weight anyway I mean they scored three runs scored just five three runs on five hits they end up going 0 for 5 with runners in scoring position so the offense didn't perform very well either and this Dodger team they are down bad they've lost 14 of their last 24 games they're falling behind the NL West this team is in shambles from a pitching standpoint other than Clayton Kershaw and Bobby Miller there's really no consistency from this pitching staff they get walked off three times this week just a terrible terrible week for this Dodger team that hey if a three and three was going to be a happy flight going 500, two and four, that should be a miserable flight where no one's even talking to each other. Everyone has their headphones on the whole entire time. They have their man to mass on, just sleeping all the way home. But let me know down below in the comment section what are your big takeaways from not only this game, but this road trip? And on a scale of one to 10, how concerned are you about this Dodgers team? Because this is starting to feel like the Dodger team that a lot of people envisioned, a team that was expected to win 89 or 90 games, something around that and not really be major players. Well, the offense has looked the part. Freddie Freeman had another big day, but for the most part, the pitching, they're one of the worst in all of Major League Baseball. They're ranked 22nd as a unit. The bullpen is bottom five. Last year, they were third in all of Major League Baseball at this point of the season. So it's not looking good for you, Los Angeles Dodgers. But let's jump into the comments section, and let's sort this whole thing down. Or sort this whole thing out. Let's break everything down. But I'm looking for that comment of the night. As always, when I see that, you're going to see one of these. You win. Anytime you're bringing a fire take, anytime I see something spicy, something heaty, it can be something crazy, you're going to get one of these. Fire take. So the harder that take is, the more likely you're going to see one of those. But let's jump into the comments section. We got Don Kim saying, why? Joshua Altamirano over on YouTube says, oh, man. Rob over on Facebook, fire. Roberts, Bedin Cozy over on YouTube says, this team blows. Yeah, Rob, as far as fire Roberts, who else do you got? I mean, that's kind of the role in this show, of course. Who else do you want to step up in this situation? Because, look, was it Dave Roberts that chose to go with the bullpen? I can guarantee you, based on people I've talked to, based on how much I know this organization, that that was a collaborative decision. That was not Dave Roberts going up to Andrew Friedman saying, no, I'm going with this bullpen game. I will not start Tony Gonsolin. No, he trusts the medical staff. He trusts what Tony Gonsolin is saying about his recovery. And look, let's be honest here, to expect Tony Gonsolin to go out and shove 
if he was going to get the opportunity today, who would have been on normal rest, I think that is a little far-fetched. I think that's a little unrealistic because it's not like he's been lighting the world on fire himself. I mean, he has looked solid since he has returned at times, but for the most part, he hasn't looked great in his return. I mean, the walks, the efficiency hasn't been there in his last start against the Reds. He ended up allowing three runs in five innings, had five strikeouts and three walks, but needed 92 pitches to go five innings. So I think he would have been solid. I think he would have given them a better chance to win than the bullpen game today, but still, I think that there's a good chance that maybe they still lose if they only have five hits and score three runs, even with Tony Gonson on the bump. The real rub on this, the big problem is the fact that Julio Urias was not able to return, and that's just the reality of the situation. They need Julio Urias to be back in this rotation, a guy that they have depended upon to give you six, seven innings, quality starts each and every time, each and every turn through this rotation, and you're just not getting that this year. And until he returns, this Dodgers team, they are going to be shaky. This rotation is leaking water. But here we go. We got WTF is going on with the Dodgers. That's from Elijah Cruz. We got Claire Metzler over on Facebook. What do you expect? with three starters on the IL. That's from Claire Metzler. Yeah, look, I mean, injuries are inevitable in this sport. Injuries are part of the game of baseball. And right now, the injury bug has sunk its teeth deep into this Dodgers rotation. Just like we saw in years past, they just can't seem to stay healthy. And it's more of the same. And you lose Julio Urias. You lose Dustin May to the 60-day IL. And you're going to you lose Ryan Pepio. Michael Grove doesn't look good. I mean, there's a lot of instances where, look, you just don't have a full boat when it comes to guys you can trust. And look, the reality is the bullpen, even if this team was healthy, yes, they are taxed. Yes, they are very heavily taxed. And you can't have your bullpen covering 50 60% of your innings. But still, I just don't think the talent is there right now. I think that... This team thinks they have the magic elixir that can teach every bullpen piece that slider and they're magically going to become a shutdown reliever. That's not the case. That's not the case anymore in Major League Baseball. Salvador Castaneda over on Facebook. Fire Roberts, fire Roberts, fire Roberts, fire Roberts, fire Roberts, fire Roberts, fire Roberts. Now, I want to know, did you copy and paste that or did you actually type each of those out? Because if you typed them out, I'd be a little more impressed. But, yeah, look, if you want to aim all your darts at – Dave Roberts, if you want to blame him for the sinking of the Titanic, I totally get it. We know how it works on this show, but the reality is this is roster construction. This is a team that almost is looking at this season as, hey, look, there weren't very many options to sign the offseason, but hey, the reality of the situation at this point is these bullpen pieces aren't going to be getting it done, and they got some more bad news from the bullpen. I'm going to tell you about that in a little bit. Some more bad news for this Dodgers bullpen, and it's definitely another reason why I fully believe they have to go out there and make a trade if they want any hope of winning the World Series this season because I just don't think the internal options are quite there. I think Emmett Sheehan has a lot of potential, but look, what we see, what do we see from Nick Robertson? A couple days ago, he looked really good. Second time, not so great. It's very difficult to expect double-A and triple-A pitchers to come up and have an impact on a team with World Series aspirations. Yes, you're going to get those flashes. Yes, you're going to get them to flash that potential at times, but to expect them to do it each and every appearance is unreal. You need proven professional veteran pitchers if you want to win in the postseason. That's just the reality. And look, if you want to say, hey, let's punt on this season. Let's get to Otani. I understand that that's a one way of thinking about this, but also realize, too, that, hey, there's a lot of guys on this team that are only going to be on this team for the next season. I would say right now there's an 85% chance that Julio Urias won't be back with the Dodgers. That's just how I feel. That's based on the facts. And then J.D. Martinez on a one-year deal. 
Jason Hayward, he'll be gone. Yadier Bralta, he'll be gone. Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts are in their primes. There's no guarantee that Clayton Kershaw returns. So if you do believe in this core, you're going to have to go out there and make some moves. And also, too, one of my golden gooses, one of my big white whales that I was after, Liam Hendricks, he left the game, and he's on the 15-day IL with elbow soreness. So that's definitely an issue as well. But let's jump back to the comment section. 2018 vibes, LFG, fire, fire, fire. Fire team. It definitely has some 2018 vibes. I think the difference there is that team was on a World Series hangover. This team is ready to win. The offense has proven that it's capable of scoring tons of runs and being able to just lie up the scoreboard, but they just don't have the support from the pitching to win consistently in the last 25 games. So, yeah, I definitely see the similarities there. I mean, of course, you got Floro, Pedro Baez, that Kenley Jansen-led bullpen, but it's a different story this time around. I think this is a very different team that, that, yes, they could get back to the World Series, but that's a team that had Walker Buehler. I mean, that's a Walker Buehler that was primed for a postseason run. He was lights out game 163. He was lights out throughout the postseason. And I think that team at Hunjin Ryu, you had Clayton Kershaw, lots of pieces on that team. And that team was also gritty and gutsy. You had Justin Turner and Chris Taylor, Yasiel Puig. You trade for Manny Machado. And and I like that example because, look, that team, where it was standing, they still went out there. They made a move for uh, Manny Machado. We'll see if Andrew Freeman and company do the same thing this year. And I expect that they possibly do. We got Kurz from I don't know. We got we have over half our pitching staff on the IL. SMH, that's from Philip Gomez. Yeah, I mean, half the pitching staff is on the IL. Yes, that's an issue. Yes, Bobby Miller has stepped up, and he's assumed a role as a potential ace of this team in the future. But it's really a necessity right now now that he performs for them. Clayton Kershaw, he's put together consecutive really, really nice starts, and he looks like he's all the way back. He looks like he's a guy that you can count on to go six, to go seven, to go do Kershaw-like things, so I'm feeling good about that, but say for Kershaw and Bobby Miller, there's not a lot of guys you can bet on that are going to go out there and give you consistent efforts, and that's why this team has been losing games, and they're definitely in some sort of trouble. They come home, they have a series against the White Sox, who played better of late, they have a series against the Giants who have been playing much better of late. So they are going to be tested at home. We got chat over on Facebook. I told everybody the Dodgers will not win the division. I told everybody the Dodgers will not make the playoffs. They are not better than Philadelphia. They are not better than the Mets. They're not better than St. Louis. They're not better than the Reds. Okay, that's a long one. It's your college thesis, your high school senior thesis there, your essay. So throwing the towel from Jason Diamond. Jonathan Morin says, I'd... I like that. Throw in the towel. That's from Jason Diamond. Throw in the towel. Feels like we're watching Rocky, right? And he's thinking about throwing in the towel. And you got Mick talking to him. I don't think this team is anywhere close to throwing in the towel. I think this team definitely has to tread water. This team is in a position where, yeah, they are going through it. It's the down bad Dodgers right now, and they have some work to do. And part of that work is about finding a way to get some type of consistency out of this bullpen that has continued to falter. And also the starting pitching that's just not going deep into games. We got uh, what a Padre fan would say, GTFO. Man, this stinks. That's from Sam Crandell over on YouTube. Yeah, so jump into it because bottom of the first inning, well, Bottom of the first, well, top of the first inning, an opportunity right there. You had Betts, he struck out swinging. Freeman, he struck out swinging. Will Smith, he doubled to right. It's been a rough week for Will Smith. 
Then Muncy, he draws an eight-pitch walk, and then runners on first and second, two outs. J.D. strikes out looking on a cutter away for the third out. So J.D. Martinez, he had some opportunities today. He wasn't able to come through. He's been phenomenal lately, but today just wasn't his day. And then bottom of the first inning, you have Caleb Ferguson on the mound. We know the issues that he's had of late. He gives it the home run to walk it off against the Reds. The Reds walk it off on Fergie, and that was a bad pitch. I mean, that was a bad pitch by Ferg the other day. I mean, I haven't seen a pitch that bad since Fergie sang the National Anthem at the All-Star Game a few years ago, so that's how bad that pitch was, but I was looking for him to get back on the schneid to have a better effort out there, and it definitely had some bright points but he ended up still giving up a run there. So Schwarber, he grounds to short for the first out. And then Trey Turner, he reaches on an infield single. Then 0-2 pitch to Castellanos. He singles to center. And the runners on first and second, one out, 1-1 pitch. He singles to left to score Trey Turner to make it 1-0 Phillies. A cutter right there. Nice piece of hitting. Not Terribly hard contact right there. So, look, I mean, some bad luck for Ferguson. But, hey, that's why we say, everyone always says out there, the big baseball cliche, the double play is the pitcher's best friend. No, no, the double play isn't the pitcher's best friend. The strikeout is the pitcher's best friend. The punchy is the pitcher's best friend. You know why that is? That's because you don't get the flukiness. You get to miss the bat. You control it right there by dominating hitters. And he comes back and he strikes out Bone on three pitches for the second out. Bounces back to that on the eighth pitch of the at-bat to stop. He punches him out with a four-seam fastball up in the zone to get out of the inning and limit the damage to just one run. So there, he needs to get some more strikeouts in big situations and execute pitches. And when he's in those situations, he needs to come alive. But uh, here we go. Use too many pitchers in the bullpen. Should have used three pitchers. That's from Craig Osterberg. Fire everyone. That's from... Anthony over on YouTube. He got a Raiders fan in the mix there. Is that Devontae Adams? Carl, never seen a pitching staff that always gives back runs the next bad bat after the offense scores. Yeah, Carl, we saw that today. Freddie Freeman hits a home run. They get their run back. Jason Hayward gets a home run. They get their runs back. So, yeah, I mean, you would like to have some more clean innings to really build on that momentum because when Freddie comes up there and does damage, when Hayward comes up there and does damage, you know this offense is never out of it, but it definitely hurts the momentum of these rallies when the bullpen gives up. If it's at the very least one run, it definitely hurts that momentum. So I definitely agree with you on that one. Kayla Kidd, Muncie is a liability, and Taylor is useless. Yeah, a rough week for Chris Taylor once again he comes in with an opportunity bases loaded and he ends up striking out with the bases loaded he ends up going he was bad this week it was like eight for 18 striking almost 50 percent of the time so a rough week for ct3 once again and then we got philip gomez we need more contact hitters or better pitching philip gomez i definitely agree with that that is why i want to see a trade i want to see a trade for tim anderson i think tim anderson brings that bat to ball when he's right i'd like to see a trade tim anderson joe kelly lucas giolito give me some of these white Sox players but the white Sox they're playing much better of late so they're not going to punt on their season of yet so the reality is there really is no moves to be made at the moment we will make some moves and we'll explore some moves when players become available a month from now you're going to start to see the rumors very soon here maybe the next few weeks but really as far as pulling the trigger on a move the prospect capital that you would have to give up you would get fleeced in that situation the value there you would have to overpay and you're operating from a position of essentially no leverage right there so i don't see them making a move in the next one or two 
weeks. It's going to be closer to the deadline, which is towards the end of July. We got Chad Safro. Dodgers fans don't blame the injuries because every team has injuries. Injuries blame start the manager, start blaming the GM, start blaming the ownership. Every team has injuries. That's excuse. The ownership destroyed, dismantled. 111 win team. They didn't sign Trey Turner back when they didn't sign Justin Turner. Wait a minute. First of all, I'm going to push back on you, Chad. They didn't sign Justin Turner. What do you mean? They, why would you reset? Why, what, would, what would this team's record be with Justin Turner? What would this record? What would this team's record be with JT in this line? Do you think it'd be better? Do you think they would have more success with JT over JD Martinez? You really think that JT has a 106 weighted runs created plus? That means Justin Turner's bat is six percent above league average. Justin Turner is hitting 264. Justin Turner, if he was on this team, if he was playing defense, it'd be below average defense. If he was in this lineup, he'd be a DH. You really would have Justin Turner over JD Martinez, who entered today with a 148 weighted runs created plus, meaning his bat is not six percent above league average; it's 48 percent above league average. A guy who has hit 16 home runs is hitting 275. So I disagree with you big on that one. This team is better off without Justin Turner in this lineup. As far as not signing Trey Turner, I'm okay with that as well. You don't want to sign a shortstop to an 11-year deal, especially one in Trey Turner that will probably be playing that position at the most for the next two to three seasons before he eventually moves over to second base and I think ends up in the outfield at some point. He is getting better. He is getting hotter, but still Trey Turner has struggled this season. So I'm okay with that. I think the issue this Dodgers team has is really they're in a interesting position because look I don't fault them for not signing Dansby Swanson or Carlos Correa or any of the players really I mean Aaron Judge was always going to go back to the New York Yankees for the most part and if it wasn't the Yankees it was going to be the Giants okay so as far as Marquee for agents goes there was no one out there that they could have signed do you want them to sign Jacob DeGrom whose career is probably over after signing that big deal 185 million dollars with the Texas Rangers so look I think I'm going to reserve judgment on this team until we get to the deadline to see how aggressive they want to be and trying to help this team but hey the reality is I think it's more systemic and the bullpen that they have not been developing for years trusting guys like a bruised dark Gratterall, like a Alex Vesia, like some of these guys who are they those dominant relievers that you need I'm not so sure they haven't proven it in the postseason that's for sure we got the bullpen looks fatigued D-Mac that's from Jose Marquez they have they do look fatigued they are taxed I mean that's why I said the other day look it is fitting they're from California because this is a heavily taxed bullpen okay and this is a bullpen that they need a respite they need a way to get some rest and to get fresh and these starting pitchers save for Bobby Miller and Clayton Kershaw they're not doing their part they're not helping them out. And then you add the fact that you have additional injuries. And speaking of injuries, a little update on Alex Reyes, who they ended up signing, hoping that he was going to be a possible weapon coming out of that pen. And he told me during spring training that he was hoping to be back at some point in June. Well, guess what? We learned today, Alex Reyes is undergoing another shoulder surgery, and he's going to miss the entire 2023 season. So I've seen this movie before, and I hated the ending. And this was the movie from last year. Waiting for guys all year to return from the IL, only for them not to return, or when they did, to be terrible. Blake trying to wait from all year, gives up the home run to Cronenworth in game two. Dustin May, wait from all year, comes back, hot start, then he's bad. We don't even see him in the NLDS. Waiting for Tony Gonzalez to come back after a really nice start of the season, where he makes his first All-Star game. He comes back, he was bad, didn't look like the same guy in the NLDS. The Dodgers keep 
keep waiting and waiting and waiting for guys to return, and they're never the same, and they're never what we had expected them to be. Now, there is some encouraging news with Daniel Hudson, and I'm hoping that Daniel Hudson can come back and at the very least be a high-leverage guy, be a guy that you can count on to get saves at times. And Daniel Hudson made his second appearance for the Dodgers Arizona Complex League, started on Saturday afternoon. And he's starting his rehab assignment on Tuesday. Now, on Saturday, he had a scoreless inning with one strikeout. So, yeah, I mean, it wasn't the best. I mean, he allowed a single to the first batter. And he was thrown out trying to steal second base. So, yeah, I mean, look, uh, it wasn't a perfect start. But still, he went out there. And at the very least, he is competing. And also an update on Jimmy Nelson. Jimmy Nelson, he pitched a scoreless second inning. He had a walk and a punch out. And he's going to be headed to his uh, his rehab assignment very soon too so there is some encouraging news coming out of the the injury front as far as reinforcements on the way but still i think if you really want to win you got to go out there and you got to explore those external options but let's jump into this game fire roberts is sucky lazy ass take us from joseph megazeni right honestly look it's i wouldn't i'd say i would say it's a casual take i would say if you say fire roberts you're either saying that you think that dave roberts and what he's hired to do i always say dave roberts is hired to be david goggins the motivational speaker a tim roberts in a Dodgers jersey, right? He's Tim Robbins in a Dodgers jersey, David Goggins in a Dodgers jersey, a guy that his job is to instill confidence in his guys, to get the buy-in from his superstars, to get guys like Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts, to empower them to be leaders in that clubhouse. And I've got news for you. Dave Roberts does just that. But on the same token, the deck's not stacked for Dave Roberts this year. The bullpen is one of the worst in the league by statistics, by anecdotal evidence, by just the overall feel, the eye test. They're just one of the worst in the league. And when you don't have the ingredients, you can't expect that. You can't expect him to make a three-star Michelin chef meal out of the ingredients that he has right now. That's unrealistic. And I think, too, if you want to say fire Dave Roberts, you should always, if you want to sound savvy, if you want to sound informed, you should always include fire Dave Roberts and Andrew Friedman and the front office and have Mark Walter sell the team because I can tell you from first-hand knowledge that they are in lockstep with each other. That is a collaborative process with this group. And look, if you feel that way, then yeah, I, I go all for that. I'm not saying don't have an opinion because I absolutely have opinions on the show and that's what this show is all about. But the reality is Dave Roberts represents everything this organization tries to do from a schematic standpoint, from a tactical standpoint, from a cultural leadership standpoint. And if you have a problem with Dave Roberts, you have a problem with the entire organization and all the powers that be within this organization. But here we go. Dave Roberts is not the problem. He's just not. That's from the Gypsy Dodger. We got Freeman has some big decisions to make. Kalua kid. Yeah, I mean, it's a myth out there. Dave Roberts, like saying fire Dave Roberts is like saying, oh, the NBA is rigged. The NBA is rigged. Really? The Nuggets winning the championship in five games, the NBA is rigged, right? I mean, let's be honest here. Sorry, DMAC. I watch Bochi manage all the time. He's simply superior. He uses intuition. I'm not saying that Dave Roberts is the best manager in baseball. I'm not saying that Dave Roberts is a better manager than Bruce Bochi. I'm saying that baseball has changed. Baseball has changed in the last 10 to 15 years where the power is not all in 
the manager's hands. Yes, the manager has a role, but it is broken up. I mean, we're talking about 60-40 splits, something in that world. But uh, Bushi makes Roberts Bochi makes Roberts look like a clown. Roberts is the main problem from Careless Whisper. If you think that Dave Roberts is a bigger problem than the, than the roster construction, I don't know what to tell you. If, you. if you mean to tell me that Bruce Bochi with his bullpen would have a better record, I don't know what to tell you. Because, first of all, Bruce Bochi, if he would have accepted that job, it would have been because Andrew Friedman. Look, just look at You want to know how much of a role you have on this team, how important your role is within an organization? Look no further than how much you're getting paid. Andrew Friedman's getting paid seven, eight million dollars per year. He's one of the highest paid uh, executives in all of Major League Baseball. Dave Roberts, not right, and there's a reason for that. That's because a lot of the decision making power it comes from upstairs. But uh, here we go. Jump back into this game and talk about where it all went wrong. I'll keep reading your comments. I'm, I'm all for a healthy debate, though. Uh, by the way, I will say, though, if you lose, if this team, let's say, misses the playoffs, if this team heads into next season or they make the playoffs and they blow it like we saw last year, I think from an optics standpoint, maybe you do need a new voice. Maybe it would be time to move on from Dave Roberts at that point. And I think the organization, they would just handpick another manager that they would say, hey, well, you're gonna li- if you want to be a part of this team, if you want to manage for this Dodgers organization, you're going to have to listen to how we run things around here. So unless they change the entire organization from top to bottom, the role of the manager, I think, is not as significant as you think it is. It's just the reality. But uh, Matthew Thomas, the answer is David Bednar from the Pirates. If it takes Diego Cartaya, so be it. Matthew Thomas, interesting take, a fire take for sure. I will say, though, look, I mean, I think if you're going to trade Diego Cartaya, you got to trade him for a bigger fish. You got to trade him for a starting pitcher, an elite position player, not a reliever that's under team control for a few seasons. Because, look, relievers are volatile. You never know what you're going to get from one year to the next. Look what we saw in the last few years with Kenley Jansen, had his ups and downs. Kimbrell, look what we saw last year. So you're talking about a potential cornerstone of your franchise in Diego Cartaya. I just don't see them making that move for Bednar just because it's never happened. They rarely make moves for significant bullpen pieces, let alone ones that would require your top prospect. Now they did. There were some rumors back in 2019 that they were interested in going after Felipe Vasquez, which, thank the Lord, they did. And that was the ultimate dodging of a bullet. But still, I think for the most part, it's a little unrealistic to think they're going to go that route. Fire Friedman from Dan Smith. We got uh, 1988 had Lasorda, not Roberts. I don't know. You know what's funny is if you read the history of Tommy Lasorda, the same things they're saying about Dave Roberts, they were saying about Tommy Lasorda back in the day as far as bullpen management, as far as they thought he left starters in the games too long. They didn't go to the bullpen enough. And Tommy Lasorda, he ends up winning two World Series titles. I do think, though, one thing that Tommy Lasorda, I think, does did better than any manager in the history of Major League Baseball, if you kind of read about the history, is he deflected attention from the team onto himself. And he did it in so many different ways. And I think that was something that that you really love. I mean, you talk about some of the, the stories from the World Series that they were in and some of the, the run-ins that he got in with his players. And look, I mean, that's kind of what is the magic about Tommy Lasorda. So, yeah, I think it's a very different era, though. This bullpen is full of bull. That's from Carl. Christine Selby, what's the problem with doctor organization? They have such a deep pocket. Why aren't they purchasing a starting pitcher or, for that matter, a lights-out closer? Why, Doug? Why? That's from Christina Selby. Look, I think this team, they have money, but they spend it wisely as far as that's how they look at it. And look, the reality is, who was the – I mean, who was – 
an off-season bullpen piece they could have signed that would have changed the game. I mean, what, a, a Lugo or what, a Brad Hand? I mean, there really was no pieces out there that I think would have changed things. But I think that there are some names that could be available at the deadline, they can absolutely change the Dodgers' favors. I mean, I'm in fear of Joe Kelly coming back. We'll see what happens with Liam Kendricks if that's a serious injury. We'll see Bartlow from the Kansas City Royals. So there are some names out there that are very intriguing, and more names will emerge. We've got Angie Shavara, Daniel Hudson is coming back. Dodgers, we got... Um, we got Dodgers have become a very undesirable team to join. That's from Carl Muncy should not be nowhere up in this lineup, but yeah, let's go down here. We got a super chat right here. Appreciate Dan Smith. 199 fire Friedman failed to retain homegrown town. That's from Dan Smith. Yeah. I mean, look, they made an offer for Corey Seager. He went up to the Rangers, but uh, I think for the most part, this team, they've won tons of games, made it to the playoffs every year. They're always in the mix, but I think that, it, I always call them the incomplete elite, right? The incomplete elite. Yes, the World Series in 2020 was fantastic, but the reality is they've done less with more when it comes to financial resources as far as World Series chips goes. Only the Atlanta Braves that made it to four street, 14 straight postseasons are in that conversation. So I definitely think this Dodgers team, you need more from them. They need another World Series if they want to call themselves the model organization. If they want to puff out their chest and they want to say, hey, we are the model team. We're the team that everyone's chasing. You have to win one more World Series for me to crystallize that at the very least. Because if not, 20, 40, 60, 80 years from now, we'll look back and say, during this stretch, the Dodgers did less with more than any team in Major League Baseball. And this is a team that prints money. This is a team that leads the league in revenue. This is a team that has a payroll that's always upwards of 220 plus million dollars yet they have one world series in a 60 game season to show for it so i think a lot of fans out there they want to see more and i also think too they are robbed in 2017 but here we go jd martinez is raking that's from jonathan morin yeah jd martinez he continues to be fantastic like we talked about and today he had some opportunities just wasn't able to come through but bottom of the second inning clemens he grounded to first for the first out victor gonzalez on the mound he gets clemens to ground to first for the first out and he gives it the single to marsh to right and then Stubbs he struck him out looking for the second out nice slider there and then he gets Schwarber to ground to third ground to first for the third out so nice job by Vigon there working his way around a one out single and then top of the third inning Dodgers had an opportunity there couldn't take advantage and this was really a painful inning as far as the BABIP gods. The BABIP gods were not nice to the Dodgers during this inning. Miguel Rojas, he grounded third for the first out, and Mookie bets one out single to left, and Freddie Freeman with Mookie on first, one out, he flies to center. That there had a 660 expected batting average, so looked like he was going to do damage. Great alignment there from the Phillies. They were able to make the play, and the next batter, Will Smith, down 0-2 in the count. He comes back to draw a seven-pitch walk to give the Dodgers run Runners on first and second with two outs. And then with runners on first and second, two outs, Max Muncy flies to center. And this one looked like at the very least it was going for extra bases. Had an 850 expected batting average. Would have been a home run in one of 30 teams, one of 30 ballparks around Major League Baseball, Wrigley Field. But... That goes as an out. He makes the catch, and the Dodgers just couldn't take advantage of those base runners. Just bad luck with balls in play. And like I said, I mean, Marsh did a really great job running that down. He caught those two deep drives there. 
great positioning. I think the Dodgers positioning with Hayward wasn't as good and Hayward's range wasn't as good later in that game. But here, jump into the comments section. BC, if they don't win their division, they could easily miss the playoffs. Yeah, look, the Diamondbacks are really good. The Diamondbacks are scrappy. They're built for the new rules. So they're a team that I think they're proving doubters wrong and that, hey, they're not going away. They're going to continue to compete and you got to give them a lot of credit. But should have kept Chris Martin. That's from Carl over on YouTube. Yeah, look, Chris Martin he was definitely a revelation for the Dodgers. He was a guy that really came in, was struggling with the Cubs, but they traded for Zach McKinstry. The strikeout rate was nice. The walk rate was high. He was giving up a lot of home runs, but he really found his way with the Dodgers. This year, he's looked solid, too, with Boston. He ends up he has a 2.41 ERA, a 2.79 FIP in 18 and two-thirds innings, but that's just not what the Dodgers do. They just don't spend on these bullpen pieces. They just don't do it. And I've been screaming from the highest mountaintops. I've been pounding my fist down on the table that, hey, at some point you're going to have to because of Chris Martin on a two-year, $13.5 million deal. If you're already going to be over, that looks like a contract. I'd rather have Chris Martin than Blake Trinan, right? I mean, who wouldn't? A guy that actually can get on the mound and make uh, make some consistent outs and and get you out of big situations But uh, versus someone who really is not going to be out there very often. And some of these injuries just have taken their toll. But uh, here we go. D-Mac cooking bets from Trace. We got uh, uh, Fire Friedman from Dan Smith. Uh, facts hurt your feelings. That's from... Seeger over Seeger didn't want to resign with our anti Christian. Okay, I gotta read that. Attaboy, Doug Preacher. What up, Maddie, man? We got Norm Newman. Dodgers will still get it done and win the West. That's from again. That brings me to Norm. That brings me to my. That brings me to you my Dodger win. dog of the game. Dodger dog of and the my game. And have full takes of the game, which are one, Freddie Freeman continues to rake. We saw that again today. Hits a home run, gets another base hit. Also, how about Adam Kalerik? I thought Adam Kalerik, he did a really nice job today. He goes an inning and a third, gave that hit to Stott, but still, he goes one, two, three in the fourth. So, hey, he's a guy, a loogie. If you need a lefty specialist with the way that we've seen lefties perform out of this pen with Ferguson, with Brewer, with Alex Vesia, Adam Cleric, a very interesting option there. So that's a my Mitch Lotta half full take. But let's keep breaking down this game. We got uh, Victor Banos. Waka was available, and they go for Thor. That's from Victor Banos over on yeah, no, that's a that's a that's a fair point. I mean, they got they got caught up with with Noah Syndergaard. I, I if you guys saw when we did the Black Friday thing, I was I was against I was against signing Thor. I, I was against Thor before the season. I thought that he was good. I said period point blank when everyone was getting caught up in Thor and this and that, and I was the first to say that yeah, you're either gonna get the the Avengers Endgame Thor or you're gonna get the or are you going to get the uh, or the Love and Thunder Thor? And I said, hey, if I had to bet on it, I think you're going to get the Endgame Thor because I thought, hey, when I saw him pitch with my own eyes, I didn't see how I was going to get the velocity back. And he's a guy that depends on velocity to be effective. So I never bought into Noah Syndergaard being effective and having a positive impact on this team. And I was pretty much the only person I saw out there that said, he was going to be my big disappointment for this season. So I hate to be right about that because I don't want to see players fail. But, yeah, the reality is I don't see what this organization saw in him. In fact, next time you see, uh, do they not pay the rent on Mark Pryor's pitching lab? Because the pitching lab, they had some L's this season. They've had some L's last season. And, look, what I tell you guys, yes, they're the best in the business. Yes, when it comes to optimizing pitches, they're great at what they do. But they're not batting a 1,000. They're not perfect. They're going to have some mistakes. And what they do is they can get players – 
careers back on track. They can revitalize players, but they can't resurrect players. And for Noah Syndergaard, I said at the very beginning, if he wants to have success, he has to reinvent himself, not get back to where he was. When he said that extremely creepy thing a few weeks ago about the fact that he would give up his unborn child, his unborn son to get to back to where he was, I said that's wrong and weird. It's weird because of what he said. It's also wrong because you shouldn't try to get back to where you were. That shouldn't be the mindset. It should be to reinvent yourself. But he doesn't want to do that, and he doesn't want to find another pitch. He doesn't want to develop a slider like a Clayton Kershaw or make the necessary adjustments to go out there and at the very least be a contributor. That's not what he's doing. So, yeah, I'm not con- I'm not uh, surprised at all. But uh, Otani has lost interest in coming to the Dodgers. That's from Carl. Oh, do you know Otani? You got Otani's number? FaceTime him. Give me his number. I'll FaceTime him. I'm going to recruit him myself. But, uh, no, I think <laughs> – We'll see what happens with uh, Shohei Otani. I do think, though, that you do bring a good good point, though. I will give you credit. You bring up a good point, though, in that this – if you're Shohei Otani, you are looking at what the Dodgers are doing this year. You are looking at what the Mets are doing. You are looking at what the Mariners are doing and the Giants. I think you bring up a very valid point in part of the courting process to signing the most coveted free agent in the history of Major League Baseball. Actually, check that. The most coveted free agent in the history of sports – He's going to want to see how an organization is running because if he sees this Dodger team flailing, if he sees none of their young pitchers coming up and having success, maybe he says to himself, hey, are the Dodgers really going to get me what I want? But hey, I would, if I was Otani, I would say, wait a minute. If they don't trade Bobby Miller for me, I got Bobby Miller. I got Walker Buehler. I got Tony Gonsolin. I have Dustin May. I have Gavin Stone. I have some of these other guys that are going to have the pitching depth around me that I didn't have in Anaheim. So I think that's the number one thing. And offensively, you still have Mookie. You still have Freddie. You still have Will Smith. You still have a lot of these talented offensive players that I think if I'm Shohei, I say, which of these organizations has to fix something? And what's the easiest to fix? Well, it is the bullpen. So I think if... I'm Shohei Otani. The Dodgers are still a very attractive organization. But um, here we go. Mike Wargo says you can't make chicken sound out of chicken blank. Yep. Uh, we got Doom underscore sound. Mark Pryor needs to go back to Hogwarts to find some more magic. That's our Hornitos comment of the win. game over there from Doom underscore sound. DMAC to replace Friedman and Roberts. That'd be great. DMAC for manager. Hey, man. I'd light a fire under these boys. I'd be breaking stuff. I'd, be, I'd go Tommy Lasorda instantly. Must trade Taylor and Muncie while they have value. Very very inconsistent. We got Tommy Cunningham, $2 in the super chat. What would a package look like for Shane Bieber? Look, if you look at Shane Bieber, the concern I have is the strikeout rate has plummeted. The velocity has gone down. So what a package, you're still going to have to include some top prospects. You're still going to have to include two of the, probably one or two of the, Top 10 prospects for Shane Bieber, or at least one, at least one for Shane Beamer, Bieber. I think for if I was the Dodgers, I would probably, I, if I was the Dodgers, if I was going to make a trade for Bieber, I would see what I could get for Class A or someone else and try to make a package deal. I don't think you would see them go for just a Bieber on his own because look, if you look at his numbers this year, I mean, he has a 16.3 strikeout rate, 16.3. That's one of the worst in the league. Those are Noah Syndergaard type numbers. ERA, it's not terrible at 357. The FIP is over four. The velocity is down. So I'll be honest with you. I don't think that Shane Bieber would move the needle. I really do not. I think he could be solid. But who does he displace in a five-game NLDS series if everyone's healthy? Who does he start over? Does he start over Julio Urias? No. Does he start over Clayton Kershaw? No. Does he start over Bobby Miller? No. So, I mean, who does he start over? Okay. And then Tony Gonsolin, Dustin May, Walker. Or Bueller. I mean, I think it's possible. Yeah, I mean, would they make a trade for a fourth or fifth back end starter? I just don't know if they would, but he could help this team. 
he could definitely solidify this rotation as far as a guy that's going deeper in the games. I mean, 13 starts, 80 and two-thirds innings. But I just want to wait out a little more, see if some other names continue to emerge. But as far as this that Guardians team, would they trade him? I think they would definitely be open to the idea. But here we go. Uh, can't trade Dio Cartaya, Bruce Davis, D-Mac. This team not winning anymore. There's nothing there. We'll help this team with Freeman Trash. Come on, guys. Try, try to get these uh, together. We got uh, Danny Duffy still around. That's from JRM. Yeah, we got uh, – so jump to the bottom of uh, – top of the third inning. No, let's go to the – the yeah, so we talked about uh, – let's go to the bottom of the third inning. So bottom of the third inning, yeah, Taylor – Taylor Scott in the pitch. Trey Turner hits a leadoff double. Castellanos flies to left for the first out. They intentionally walk Harper. And then what happens? It's the stolen base rearing its ugly head once again. The Dodgers not holding runners. You got a double steal executed by Trey Turner and Harper. They got runners on second and third. And the next batter, he strikes out Bone on a slider away. And then Caleric, he comes in with runners on second and third. Throws from just below, goes really down under there with that super side wander. And Stock gets a bloop single to left to score Trey Turner and Harper to make a 3 nothing Philly. So they get two runs there. Not hard contact. You got a couple bloops in that inning. It was 76.8 miles per hour off the bat, a 240 expected batting average. So some bad luck right there. And then he gets Clemens to ground out to end the inning. So two outs right there. And they were able to get some runs. So more stolen bases, 3-0 Phillies. Bottom of the fourth inning, one, two, three for Caleric. Jumping to the bottom of the fifth inning, Trey Turner, he grounds to third for the first out. Castiano struck out swinging and then walked Harper on four pitches. And a one, two count to Bone, he gets him swinging. So, look, if you look at this Dodgers bullpen as a whole, you had some pretty okay performances today, but for the most part, not enough. Just not enough guys with clean innings to expect to win a bullpen game on the road against a Phillies team that's starting to trend in the right direction. But uh, back into the comment section here. We got... There we go. And we're back. Exactly. Lasorda was always criticized as a subpar manager, tactical manager, and look at his success. Joseph Megazeni. Yeah, look, I mean, when you're the heat of the moment, that's what people remember. They remember just what happened. I mean, they see the two World Series titles, the iconic figure that he was, and he is that. I mean, deservedly so, but it's not like every manager is always going to be criticized. It doesn't matter what sport it is, what team it is, they're always going to get all the brunt of the blame. But uh, burn it all the way down and rebuild with Bobby Miller. That's from Mike M. Wow, that is very bold by you. I don't see him doing that. This team doesn't like to rebuild. At the very least, they're going to retool, and we know what the end game is. Their end game is they want to get Shohei Otani. They want to find a way to get Otani in Dodger Blue. But yeah, after Claire came in, I think Yancy Almonte did a really nice job. He had two strikeouts in his innings in his in his inning of work. He was efficient through 16 pitches, 10 for strikes. Then Alex Vesia, he had put together a couple three, I think three scoreless, three scoreless appearance before this one. He comes in to pitch the bottom of the sixth. I will say one thing that struck my mind is you saw the controversy with the Phillies having a faster pitch clock. If there's anyone in Major League Baseball that would impact the most, it would be Alex Vesia. So I was fearful of that. And he issues a leadoff walk right there. And that's where it really hurt. A leadoff walk to Stott. 
And then he struck out Clemens with a slider for the first out. Then 1-1 pitch to Marsh. He singles to right D of the Phillies. Runners on the corners. And runners on the corners. A 2-0 count to Stubbs. He lays down a bunt to the left side to score Stott to make it 4-1 Phillies. Vessia didn't get the ball out cleanly on the exchange. Not a great play. They end up getting Marsh out at second on a rundown for the second out. And he comes back and he strikes out Schwarber swinging with a four-seam fastball away for the third out. So Phillies get that run back on the single by Stubbs. And that, of course, followed up Freddie Freeman, who hit his 13th home run of the year at the top of that inning, his third and six games, going to left center more. You're seeing he looks so much more locked in at the plate. This guy's the real deal. He's an MVP. And, yeah, MV-free is the real deal. And that's one of the reasons why I want to see this team go all in on the 2023 Dodgers is because you have peak prime Freddie Freeman at this point. Then you jump to the top of the seventh inning. Dodgers get another solo home run. This time is Jason Hayward. That makes it 4-2. Dodgers climb within two. Seventh home run of the year for Jay Hay. Former Braves getting it done for the Dodgers. And then jump to the bottom of the seventh inning. This is where the Phillies really pulled away. Nick Robertson who I must say he was the winner of the Mitch Lotta Half Full Award from a few nights ago because of his first career start. He His first career appearance against the Reds, where he went two innings, had three strikeouts. He looked really, really solid. Well, hey, this is Major League Baseball. And Major League Baseball, what do they always say? They say Major League Baseball is the toughest, most cruel classroom in the world because it will humble you very quickly. It will humble you very quickly in the bottom of the seventh inning. Nick Robertson, 2-0 counted Trey Turner. He hits a leadoff single to, to left, and the next batter, 1-2 pitch to Castellanos. He homers to left to make it 6-2 Phillies. Slider away, not the worst pitch in the world, but Castellanos put a good swing on it, got the fat part of the bat on it, and that puts the Phillies up 6-2. Next batter, 1-2 pitch. He gets boned to, to ground into a 6-4-3 double play. Batter after that, Stott, he triples to right, and then Clemens singles to right to score Stott to make it 7-2 Phillies. Then he walks Marsh on six pitches, just struggling with the changeup and four-seam fastball command. And then finally, to stop the bleeding, he gets Stubbs to ground a first for the third out. So the Phillies get three runs on five hits. They let six batters reach that inning. So Nick Robertson had a really nice first appearance, a really bad second appearance. So he'll learn, hey, Major League Baseball is a cruel game. We're into the final two innings in a second here, but let's jump back into the comment section. And by the way, just so many issues, like I said, with the Manta, with this team on the base pass. It affected them early again. You got the starting pitchers. They're falling asleep on the base pass. And just want to send a shout out to our friends over at Manta Sleep. Go over and get a Manta mask. This, if you want to get a nice Great nap. If you want to sleep better, go to Manta Sleep. Manta Sleep is the best in the game. Use promo code DN2023 to get a new Manta mask today. This is just one of the best sleeping masks, sleep accessories in the game. So definitely head over there to pick one up. We got Anthony Ferguson, DMAC. You're a diehard Dodger fan and you live and die with this team, but at least you're honest. Good or bad, keep up the good work. Anthony Ferguson, hey, I appreciate that because that is what I strive to do because, like I said, we are the same. One thing, no matter how much we disagree on things, and I would say for the most part we agree on things on this show, we're all true blue, diehard Dodgers fans. We're passionate about this team. We're passionate about this city, passionate about this franchise, and we just want to win. But, uh, 
Doug has some balls to speak the truth. Yeah, look, I mean, I'm, just, I'm trying, man. I'm trying to, to keep it 100 with you guys, and that's always my number one priority, my number one goal. Even if it's the truth that hurts, I don't like saying that Julio Arias has an 80 or 90% chance of not being with this team next year. I don't like saying that if this team doesn't go out and make some bullpen trades, they won't have a chance to win the World Series. I hate saying that stuff. But, like I said, is it the truth? I would say unequivocally, absolutely yes with a bullet. Now, top of the eighth inning, Alvarado, he comes in the game. He looked like he was wearing a manta mask, the way he was pitching out there. Betts, he issues him before he is. Betts draws a four-pitch walk to start the top of the eighth inning. And an 0-2 pitch, Freddie Freeman, he singles to left for his second hit of the game. And then Will Smith, he draws a walk. Smitty didn't realize it at first, but Alvarado, he committed a pitch clock violation. He was able to get a walk. And then Max Muncy... With the bases loaded there, bases loaded, no outs, bases loaded. In the words of Bob Costas, the sacks were juiced, bases loaded. And Max Muncy, another pretty hard-hit ball right there. He grounds the short for the first out. Great job on the alignment there from the Phillies defense. Trey Turner makes the play. Betts was able to score on the play to get the Dodgers another run. They played another run to make it 7-3. to three, And... That brings up J.D. Martinez, who's been one of the hottest hitters in the game, one of the hitters that you would want up there in that situation. It was a tough at-bat, but unfortunately, 3-2 pitch, he strikes out, and I was hoping, hey, J.D. Martinez, he had just missed a couple. He was definitely a guy that's so dangerous, and Alvarado with his command where it was, I was hoping for the best there. 11 home runs in his last 19 games. He goes down swinging, and then Chris Taylor pinch hitting. He goes down swinging, so the Dodgers get one run with the bases loaded in no outs. You got the strikeouts of J.D. Martinez and and Chris Taylor. So, yeah, there you have it. And then top of the ninth, they went out without much of a fight. Craig Kimbrell comes in. Old friend Craig Kimbrelsa, Craig Crumble, as we used to call him, who he's pitched better with the uh, Phillies. And by the way, it's starting to become a little bit of a trend. You're starting to see players having some success outside of the Dodgers these days. Well, he comes in the top of the ninth, and he's able to – he gets Vargas swinging. He struck him out three pitches, four-seam fastball away. Hayward fouled to first. Kimbrell was up, was down 3 on the count. He comes back, seventh pitch. All four-seam fastballs attacking him. He gets him to foul out. And then James Outman, he strikes out on a knuckle curve down and away to end the game. Dodgers fall to the Phillies, 7-3. to Three. They dropped to 37 and 29, three games back of the Diamondbacks on the season in the NLS. So, yeah, we'll jump to the comments here, guys. We'll do straight comments the entire rest of the show, and we'll let you guys enjoy the rest of your Sunday afternoon. Dodgers will dominate the second half. That's from Joe Mama. It's a fire take. It's a comment of the day. We got pound for pound, a lot of time left to write the ship. Hold the line, Dodgers Nation. That should be a fire take. There you go, pound for pound. You get it. Get Anthony Bass from NS. We got uh, MDM. I love I love all the people and love. Okay, we got. Uh uh, let's start, try to keep it a Dodger baseball on this one, guys. DMAC for D for GM. That's from uh, Cowboys Five Rings. DKM, Dodgers better wake up and take the right pills to get out of this hellhole now. It's time to get serious. No more blowouts, even if we didn't have Kimbrell. DMAC, it's your turn. Hey, thanks, DKM. BC, Dodgers only two games ahead of the Angels. Bad omen. It's a great point, BC. Trace Hayward season. I think we could unlock something with Bieber. We possibly could. I don't disagree. I just think, look, Shane Bieber... Look, he's not the pitcher that people assume he is from years past. I mean, I think 
the, he's also under one more year of team control too. So that's something you factor in as well. He's getting 10 million. So they'll pay the remainder of that pro rate, obviously. So yeah, I'm not totally against the idea. I think it's a possibility, but just with this team, they haven't made a move for a starting pitcher in a couple of years since Matt, they made a move for Max Scherzer. So yeah, like I said, not against it, but would he be a guy you would love in the postseason with a 16% strikeout rate? Not so sure. Uh, we got DMAC. All the Mets bullpen was available in the offseason. Why did the Dodgers not go after some of the Met pitchers? They cleaned house in the Met pen. Anthony Ferguson, they're because they believe in their development, because they believe in the guys they had. They assumed that guys like Daniel Hudson would have been ready at the beginning of the season. They didn't think that you wouldn't see Alex Reyes this year. They thought possibly you could get some guys back. And look, the reality is the starting pitching is part as equally as big of a problem for the Dodgers as the bullpen. But but, yeah, look, the reality is they just didn't want to spend money. They didn't want to spend money. I mean, they got bitten with the Bauer situation, $22 million down the drain. They didn't go out there and make some big moves. They're trying to maintain flexibility so they can go after Otani. And they thought, hey, with the surplus of starting pitching, we're going to have some opportunities to have some other guys they can go up. And hey, like I said, one thing before we head out of here, I would not discount the possibility of at least seeing an, an Emmett Sheehan. That's the next guy I want to see up come get an opportunity. He throws gas. He could definitely help this team as, as uh, at least bridge the gap until they get to the trade deadline. But a couple more here, guys. Anyway, still root for the Dodgers, and Doug has a great show. Thank you, MDM. Appreciate you guys. A couple more here. Let you guys enjoy the rest of your day. Rafael says, trade Bush and Grove to the White Sox for Anderson and Hendricks, then trade Pepio and Syndergaard to the Brewers for Burns. Well, one, Noah Syndergaard does not have very much. I mean, you're talking about guys that you would sell low. Dodgers, if they're going to trade guys, they don't want to sell them. They don't want to trade them when their value is at its very lowest, and they're not going to trade Pepio at the moment. And if you're a team out there, I think you'd be very skeptical of that anyway. But yeah, I think Michael Bush is a guy that you could definitely shop, a guy that doesn't have a defined role on this team because he's really blocked at certain positions. So I think that's a possibility. I think he could headline a potential deal for a, a nice package that could get this team some much-needed reinforcements in the bullpen and possibly a starting pitcher. But a couple more. Hey, every team has ups and downs. Keep the faith. Dodger fans, that's from Camille. We got Ho Mama. They have more pitchers that are hurt. You never fall. We got uh, DK. Why is the bullpen starting a game? It's just giving us more schedule losses. Yeah. You look 17 that mass D Mac NSA. Uh, $1. Appreciate you, Rebecca. But yep, guys, enjoy the rest of your Sunday. A couple more here. Let's do a little walk off shot. Who knew when you let the previous Cy Young winner leave while still paying him $22 million, it might come back to bite you in the AWS? Um, me. Mike M. Dodgers will be in Nicaragua taking, talking to the younger to ground gorillas looking for arms. We got, we are, uh, this from Rorley. We are not going anywhere this year. This year is nothing more than a practice year. Every game is a loss, maybe a win. It just doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, look, I mean, is it a situation where guys are auditioning for next year and beyond? I think there is a world where if it gets bad, that is a possibility. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Dodgers Nation post game show. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. Also, if you're new to the channel, be sure to hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell. And if you really want to support the channel, smash that like button. Remember, nothing brings us together quite like Dodger baseball. And until next Next time, think blue, bleed blue, and I'm out.
stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.